It is again, once again, to be. Uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, uh, with like-minded believers to worship the one and only true living God, uh, and praise Him from whom all blessings flow. Uh, the song is called uh, "I Got Saved." There is a river of gladness that flows from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood and got saved. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've received nothing but goodness. I've tested and tasted your grace. I was so lost till I fell at the cross and got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? The love of God gave me his pardon the love of god won't let me stay the same the love of god pulls me up higher his will stronger that's why i got saved i'm undone by the mercy of jesus i'm undone by the good of the Lord I'm restored and made right he got a hold of my life I've got Jesus how could I want more I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right he got a hold of my life I've got Jesus, how could I want more? I've got Jesus, how could I want more? I've got Jesus, how could I want more? Amen. Amen. If you've got Jesus this morning, Praise God for all the things that he's done for you. He has saved you and redeemed you from a devil's hell. 
and you're headed to be in eternity with him whenever you close your eyes in death and you open them in glory with Jesus Christ standing there in front of you. And hopefully he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. If, he, if, he, if you're unaware, una, if you don't know about that this morning, praise God. I pray that God would open your heart and open your mind to the reality that's standing before you. Is heaven or is hell one or the other? There is no in-between. Amen. Father God, I thank you for the day that you've blessed us with, Father. I thank you for the, the mercy and the grace that you have shown me, Father. And it's through Jesus Christ that we are made right. And, and you see Jesus through us, Father. And I pray that you would uh, anoint Brother Jeff as he brings another portion of your word this morning, Father. Lord, if there is someone here that does not know you this morning, or they're unsure about their salvation, Father, I pray that you would make them so uncomfortable before they leave here this morning that they will make that right before they walk out those doors this morning, Father. Thank you for all that you've done for me and my family and my life, Father. And I pray that you would uh, just be with Brother Jeff as he brings another portion of your word this morning. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Clay. How awesome is our God. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to John chapter 4 this morning. John chapter 4, we're beginning this chapter in our, our search through the Scriptures as we go through the Gospel of John. And we this morning we come to this passage of Scripture where Jesus meets a woman at the well. They have a conversation together about water. So the title of the message this morning is the water in the well. And I praise the Lord, and I ask the Father that if you have been burdened, if you have been moved by the Spirit, that there won't be any quenching of that Spirit this morning, that God will, God will move in our midst again. We're expecting that. We're asking for that. So I'm asking Put aside everything and listen to the Word of God this morning. We've already been praising the Lord through song. We are undone is what this, the song was saying. If you've been undone this morning, praise God that there is one who binds up the wounded and heals the brokenhearted. Praise God that there is one who is seeking your soul and wants to show you what everlasting life and everlasting love is all about. Our Savior our God, our King. In our passage of Scripture this morning, Jesus has this encounter at the well. So let's read God's Word this morning and we will seek to understand the water that He's talking about in the well. Verse 1, chapter 4. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and, and baptized more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, 
How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. This morning... Jesus is offering us water from the well. What is your response to that offer? Let's pray together, please. Our God and King, as we bow before you, we love you and praise you. Father, and thank you so much that although we are undone before you, because there are none righteous, there's, every one of us has sinned and fallen short of your glory. But Father, you lift us up in due time when we exalt you, when we lift you up, when we make you our King, our Master, our Lord. When we ask for forgiveness, you give it. Thank you, Father. This morning, help us to realize that this life is not all that there is. True life is beyond in your presence. Thank you, Father, for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. The water in the well. You see, this is a, a very long passage of Scripture, 26 verses, and, and really it takes in one whole scene, and it takes a little while to get through it, but there's three main things in here that I, I think we need to pay attention to. This morning, the very first thing that I want to talk about is the conversation that is revealed 
there. Jesus has gone through uh, the land. Now, Samaria was kind of out of bounds for the Jews. They don't always go through there. But Jesus made a point to go through there because he had a divine appointment. He was sitting at the well. His disciples had gone into the city to buy some food. And he knew that this woman was coming to the well. She came to draw water at 12 o'clock during the day. 12 o'clock noon. noon. Now, that wasn't a usual time for drawing water. It was usually in the morning or late in the evening that women came to the well to draw water, mostly early in the morning because you needed water throughout the day. The reason has been said, you know, been kind of guessed at, the reason she came at 12 o'clock was because she had had five husbands and the man that she was living with now was not her husband, so she was ostracized from the community, most likely. So she came at 12 o'clock, so she didn't have to listen to all the jibber-jabber that would be going on in a crowd of women. I'm not going to say anything else about that. I'm going to leave. All right. So now, but now we go on, and, and this is the point where she meets somebody that she is not expecting. She doesn't, she's expecting that no one be there, but there's this man sitting over there to the side. As she goes in to get some water from the well, he says, why don't you bring me a drink? So he begins the conversation. She wasn't going to speak to him because she knew Jews and Samaritans don't mix. They don't speak to one another. So she asked the question right away. How is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink? Because Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. As a matter of fact, the Jews hated the Samaritans. If you go back and look at the history of it, Whenever that region had been conquered by the Babylonians or the Assyrians, I think it was, they had replaced the Jews that were there with all kinds of folks. And some Jews went over there and lived there as well. So there was a, an intermingling of the people, and as the Jewish people looked at them, they called them Samaritan dogs. There was this very, I mean, a, a huge hatred for them in the Jewish people. Didn't, start, didn't talk to one another, didn't, didn't speak, didn't do any of those things. They didn't enter into commerce together. They were separate. And she asked Jesus, how in the world is it that you want me, that you speak to me and ask me to help you with some water when I know that you don't like me? Which wasn't the case. But here's the crazy thing about it. She hadn't met a Jew that she liked, but she hadn't met Jesus. And as Jesus spoke to her, how about getting me a drink? She didn't know how to take it. Jesus started the conversation talking about physical water, but then he quickly moved the conversation to her spiritual well-being. Even though the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, Jesus wanted to make sure that he encountered her and that she encountered him. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You see, that's what Jesus offers. He doesn't offer physical water. We can get that by ourselves. 
only by the strength that the Lord allows us, but we are able to, to do that ourselves. We cannot change ourselves spiritually without the Lord Jesus changing us. That's what he is offering there. He, ta he, takes, he starts in the physical realm, and he quickly moves to the spiritual realm and says, this is your greatest need, spiritual water, living water. Yes, your temporary needs are for a drink of water now and, and to do the washing or whatever it is that you're going to do with the water that you draw out of the well. But what you need most of all and finally is living water welling up within you. The woman asks another question. She says, well, how are you going to get the water? You don't have anything to draw with. And Jesus moves again away from the physical. Because that's where she was going and that's where her mind remained, was on the physical. And he was trying to get her to understand some spiritual things that were going on that he wanted to tell her about. And he goes on and says, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. Physical water. Yeah, you're going to get thirsty again. So he turns and says, whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Hey, do you know in the Old Testament, the prophets are saying, the psalmists are saying, come to the waters. Come to the waters and drink. Whoever is thirsty, run to the Lord. And He will fill you with living water. Jesus says, the water that I shall give you, or give Him, will become in Him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now Jesus moves out of the, the, the realm of pictures into the truth of what He's getting at. See, He was using physical water to equate with uh, spiritual water, and then He defined the spiritual water as everlasting life. He says, yeah, what, what your mind's right on, it, on now is water. He said, but I want you to understand everlasting life is what I'm getting at. Salvation from death, hell, and the grave. Being saved from yourself and your sin. Moving into a relationship with God that will sustain you not only for all your life here, but everlasting life there with Him. He wanted her to get refocused. He offered to minister to her spiritual needs. He was, he was laying it out. He says, whoever I give this water to, and that is an offer because he's, he's talking with her. There's nobody else around. He says, if I give you this water, you will have everlasting life welling up within you. But her mind was still on the physical. Have you ever been there? When the world kind of dominates everything, when all the things that are going on around you are weighing you down and holding you back and keeping you prisoner, when the Lord wants you to, to get your mind off of those things and focus on Him for just a short amount of time so that He can tell you the truth about what's going on. I read a quote this week by C.S. Lewis. And he says, uh, As I see the sun rise... I believe, it's not that I believe that the sun is there. He says, not only can I see the sun, but I can see everything else because of the sun. See, his, his mindset was that, yes, when everything is in darkness, I know that the sun's not up. But when the sun rises, not only do I see it, but I see everything else in light of the sun. 
Now, Jesus is saying this, the, dark, the world is darkness. And when Jesus comes in, not only do we see Him, not only do we feel Him, but He changes how everything else appears to us and looks to us because He shines a light of truth on it. And we can see what it truly is. So when we ask Jesus to change our physical sight so that we can see spiritual things in the physical world, you know what He does? He shows us what is most important. And all those other things are not. He shows us most important thing for us right now is to know that when we leave this world that we're going to be in His presence and not busting hell wide open. Some people will say, well, when I get to hell, we're going to have a party. That may be so, but you're going to be roasting on the spit. You're going to be the barbecue. I don't know anybody wants to attend a party like that. You see, hell is no party. And that's why we warn you. That's why the scripture tells it. That's why Jesus, whenever he spoke, he spoke more about hell than he did about heaven because he wanted to make sure everybody understood the penalty the torture that will take place there, the punishment. So when we speak about heavenly things, we're talking about everlasting life. And Jesus says, get your mind off the physical and get your mind right with God so that He can show you what is really going on in the physical. The world will seek to deceive you. All people will seek to deceive you unless they have the mind of God, unless they are looking at you and talking to you about spiritual things. Because, listen, the world will lead you, drag you right into hell if you let it. And Jesus offers this woman at the well, He says, look, I want to give you life. Everlasting life that wells up within you. And you know how a cup, whenever it gets full, if you keep pouring into it, it will overflow. And that's the idea that Jesus wants to get across to us this morning. I want the water of life, the everlasting life, to be welling up in us so that we will be spilling over onto everybody that we meet. Let's get unfocused on the physical on the scene, and then turn to the things that God wants to show us, the spiritual things. Jesus started this conversation so that He could reveal some things to her. He goes, he goes on in verse 16. You see, there's a knowledge that He reveals to her. The conversation is revealed first. He wanted to start a conversation so that he could begin to move her into other realms. So he started letting her know who he was. He said, go call your husband and come here. Come here. He wasn't southern Mississippi. Come here. Come here. He said, come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And she left it there. Which was true. But it wasn't all the truth. And Jesus says, yeah, you, you said what you said was true, but here's the rest of the story. You've had five husbands. And now the one that you're with, not your husband. You see, what he revealed to her was that he knew her. Five husbands. And now she's got to live in a shack up 
And Jesus says, you can't get it by me. I know the truth. He, gave, he asked that question with a purpose. He wanted her to come to the realization of what he knew about her, how he knew her intimately. He knew who she was, what she had done, all those things. And you know what? He even knew what was coming for her. That's why he was having the talk. It was that divine appointment where they met. And she saw everlasting life in him. He asked that question with a purpose. Go call your husband. And then she says, no husband. He says, you have answered that well. And then he goes on and, and reveals to her. And she says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You see, she was coming on. She was starting to understand, but she wasn't there yet. She says, okay, I see that you are somebody who's got some connections. Yeah, okay, somebody revealed to you these things about me, so I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think you're a prophet. Jesus is not happy with that. He's not satisfied with that, by the way. Because if you think that Jesus is just okay, or if you, if you think Jesus wants just a part of your life, that's not what He wants. You've got it wrong. You've misinterpreted His purpose, His goal. He doesn't want part of you. He doesn't want you to ask Him into your life. He wants you to give your life to Him. You see, when we ask Him into our life, we're making Him a part of things that we already do, a part of us that He doesn't have all of us, and that's what He desires. You see, it's not about giving Jesus a little bit of us. It's about making sure that He has all of us. Now, He asked her, or He told her, and then she came back and says, I perceive that you're a prophet. But then she changed the subject. But here's my thinking. Was he just a prophet to her? Or did he know more than that? He knew more than that, and he was about to reveal that to her. But he had to bring her along slowly. How many of you are like me? God has to bring you along a little slower. If God gave me more than I could chew up at one time, I'd choke. And, you know, and my chewer don't work good sometimes. I have to go slow. A lot of the times. I praise God that He's long-suffering. I praise God that he, He's willing to wait on me and bring me along at the pace that I can understand. And you see, I feel like a lot of folks are that way. Now, there's some who, who, can, who can get it right away. And praise the Lord for them. They need to get it right away. I want, I want to make sure that I can completely understand it. So it takes me a while. Now, same thing with her. He was bringing her along slowly because she needed a little more attention a little more understanding. He, he was revealing it to her, but he had to bring her along slowly. So she says, you're a prophet. But Jesus wanted her to understand and know that he is the one that knows everything. So she says, she seeks to change the subject. She says, our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place to worship. Uh, and all the, She's... She's trying to put him off just a little bit because she understands that he's a knowledgeable person. So she brings up an issue, you know, again, about the Jews and the Samaritans and that sort of thing. And Jesus changes it all. He says, no. He said, it's not about that. That's, that's what it's not. 
all those things are fading away and passing away. And you see what he says there? Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You hear what he's saying? He said it's not about being a Jew. It's not about being a Samaritan. God is looking for people to worship and serve Him who are seeking the truth and they will find it with God. He is seeking those to worship Him who will truly worship. Not just be called a worshiper. Not just be accepted because of your of certain lineage or that sort of thing. God is seeking those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Today. It was happening back then. Continues to happen right now. You see, it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. All that matters is whether you're willing to accept Jesus as who He has revealed Himself to be, the one and only Son of God who gave Himself for you so that you could have everlasting life, forgiveness of sins, God. God is seeking you this morning. He's looking for those who would seek to worship Him in spirit, in spirit and in truth, who are willing to, to not worry about the physical, but focus on the spiritual. Until they get the spiritual, then God reveals to them that He will give them everything else. Like it says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, we get the cart ahead of the horse. We're looking for all the stuff, and then we want to serve God. God says, you got it backwards. Turn it around. Seek me first. Then all this other stuff will come. And it won't, because it won't be about the stuff, it will be about me. You see, Jesus was looking to show her and reveal in her so that she would have the knowledge of who he was. He was showing her that he knew her intimately. And by the way, you know God knows you intimately. He knows everything about you. Before the foundation of the world, he knew who you are, what you were going to do, and how your end would be. And he loves you anyway. He's made a way for you to join him anyway. And praise God that we have that offer from him. God is seeking you. Now look at verse 25. Jesus has just spoken to her and says, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And the woman said, her final attempt at moving away from Jesus, she says, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, Hello, here I am. I who speak to you am He. Listen to what she said first. She knew that the Savior was coming. 
a deliverer was promised in the Old Testament. She knew about that. She knew that Messiah, the anointed one, the deliverer was coming. And she knew that he was going to make all things right. So she referred back to the one constant, the one thing that she knew that would change everything. And she said, I know this. I don't know about worshiping in Jerusalem. I don't know about worshiping in spirit and truth. But I know this, Messiah's coming. And then she said, when he comes, he's going to teach us all things. Two things. She says, he's coming. And he's going to make known to me, to everyone, the truth. And then Jesus stands before her. I, I see it in my mind that Jesus looks at her deeply and says, I'm him. I, the one who is speaking to you, I am he. He revealed to her that He is the Savior of the world and He is seeking her to be saved. He wanted her. He went into Samaria for her. You know God's seeking you this morning. And you know God came here for you, you. He knows you, warts and all, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of those things. He knows you. And guess what? He loves you because He made you. You belong to Him, so He loves you so much, He's willing to do whatever it is to bring you to Himself. So He reveals Himself to you. He starts in the physical realm, showing you your needs. And then He brings you into the spiritual things and says, you have got to have a pure heart, first and foremost. And then He says, I can give it to you. This morning... The water in the well is Jesus' forgiveness. The water that Jesus was offering her, salvation in His name. Everlasting life. Jesus was telling her, believe that I'm the Son of God, the Messiah. I offer you Forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. Now, our story ends here this morning. Continues next Sunday morning with the next passage of Scripture. But here's what I want to ask you this morning. What if Jesus asked you for a drink of water today? Would you be willing to encounter Jesus and to follow His will, His way? Would you be willing to to take time out of your day, out of your ordinary routine, and serve Him. Just a glass of water. But then, if He were to offer you everlasting life today, would you take it? You see, it's a different thing moving out of the physical and moving into the spiritual. We might say, oh yeah, sure, I'll be able to get him a glass of water. That's no problem, I'll do that. But he offers me salvation today. And you know, I've got to make a choice.
I've got to decide whether or not I will do more than just a glass of water. Do more than just pray a prayer and go through the baptismal waters. I've got to accept Him as who He is, the King of glory, and give Him my everything. And He will make me an heir to the kingdom, a, ch a child of God. And everlasting life with Him. If He were to offer you that today, would you say yes? Or would you decide to wait? Because the truth of the matter is, and you knew this was coming, He is offering that to you today. He offers it to you every day. He wants you to know Him. Would you accept Him? Would you allow Him to change you, to give you the kingdom, to give you everlasting life? Today, there is water in the well. And Jesus says, I want you to have living waters. What's your answer? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for drawing us together today in this place so that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken through your word and I praise you that the spirit has been moving in this place and, and moving in people's hearts and minds. So, Father, now during our invitation time, I ask that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen.